Welcome to the Treeleaf Zendo podcast. Treeleaf is a Soto Zen Sangha available anytime, anywhere at treeleaf.org. Come sit with us. Again, uh, speaking about uh, this classic piece of Zen writing, the Shinjin Mei, that's uh, over a thousand years old. I assure you that it's relative not only to people who lived a thousand and more years ago, but to our world today, the great problems and tragedies we see, also the good times. But uh, it takes some understanding. Uh, what is this about? And uh, I'm very uh, lucky to just yesterday have been listening to a wonderful, uh, how to say, a very serious podcast uh, about ideas. And it was talking about sunya and emptiness and zero, uh, nashi, zero, no igine. But the point it was making is that the uh, Indian idea of this sunya or nothing, that sunya is the root of our sunyata, emptiness, ku, mu, is actually not the Western idea of nothing, empty, zero, meaningless, nihilist, you know? If you take everything away, there's nothing. It's just gone like that. That's uh, the Western idea of zero. But the Indian idea of zero, which is the root not only of Buddhism, but many parts of Indian philosophy is sunya, which is when you take all the separate things away of the world, what's left is an emptiness that is wholeness and everything and beyond words. Uh, something total and com somehow complete that's the source of it all. Um, and this is what our practice points to. It's not, you see, the problem with saying, is it being, is it something that is being or not being? These are opposites. The sunya of Indian philosophy even says if you think something is or it's not there is something or it's nothing this is a contrast you're making in your mind there's something so profound that you don't even need to contrast to be or not to be i like to say if hamlet had been a buddhist he would have had a third choice to be or not to be or something more <laughs> so this world is of divided things, of this and that, is also this wholeness, this completeness, you see. The problem is, human beings, we live in a world where we cut everything into pieces. Some of the pieces we like, some of the pieces we don't like, some of the pieces seem to fight, right? Masatsaru. Mm. But when you have this wholeness, that is sunya, there can be no conflict. Because 
you need two, you need one and two to fight. But if there's no two, you can't have no fight. Uh, so this is the basic Indian philosophy that is the source of not only Buddhism, but uh, maybe uh, many Indian traditions. And the podcast made the sense that even the, the Sufi uh, in Islam, some of the Jews in the Kabbalah and the Christian mystics, maybe they also thought of this, that when you get beyond all the words and names, uh, there's this nanika, this something that is beyond something and nothing, that is everything, like that. So anyway, this is the shit. Hey, it's not my idea. This is uh, other people's idea. I'm just telling you what they said. Okay, don't blame me. Okay, okay. Anyway, let's look at uh, what the Shinjin Mei says. And if you've not been listening to the podcast before, I mean, if you've not been listening to this series of talks before, it doesn't matter. Uh, the Shinjin Mei basically says the same thing again and again, but it's good to listen to it uh, many, many times. Okay, so first off, do not make judgments. This is one reason when we sit Zazen, we put down judgments. This is good, this is bad. Zazen no toki, handan yamimasu. Zenbu ari no mama. Kore ga ski, kore ga warui, kore ga ii koto, kore wa warui koto, kore ga jōhin, kore wa geihin. Zenbu ne steru. Okay, so that's what it says. Um, do not discriminate. If you do not discriminate between coarse and fine, you will not give rise to prejudice. Okay? This is why we sit Zazen and we suspend judgment. And by suspending judgment again, it doesn't mean Zazen becomes meaningless. It be means Zazen somehow becomes this complete and whole thing that's just fine. <laughs> Kind of big fine. When you stop the judgments of coarse and fine, you find that the universe is not meaningless, empty, kind of uh, filled with meaning, and uh, kind of big F fine. This is Indian philosophy and Buddhism, okay? To live in the great way is neither easy nor difficult, but those with limited views are fearful and doubting. The faster they hurry, the slower they go. Again, this is reflected in our Zazen. If you think, oh, how is this Zazen? Is it good? Is it bad? Am I, should I be doing something more? It's bad Zazen. But if you put down the limited views and the judgments, then Zazen is fine, <laughs> with a big F. And the world too, with all its problems, some of them good, some of them bad. So when we sit, we put down the limited views because otherwise we start fearing and doubting, how's my life, where's it going, what's it all about? When you put that down and find this wholeness, there can be nothing to fear and nothing to doubt because it's just complete. It's the mind that starts doubting, the mind that starts fearing, the mind that starts raiding, this is good, this is bad. But when in the Indian sense, you find this wholeness, 
that's beyond judgment, beyond doubt, and is just complete, there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to doubt. And the faster they hurry, the slower they go. This is why our Zazen is also radical non-attaining. If you think the goal, when I get there in two weeks, then I'll have it. In two years, in two lifetimes, 200 years from now, then we'll get it right. Then I'll be complete and happy. My life finally will be good. The world will then be perfect. The further you look for that, the further it becomes. The more you hurry, the slower you go. The more you try to get to this that's distant, the further it becomes. So when we sit, we sit in the completeness where there's no place to go. Nothing to hurry, nothing to run toward, nothing to run away from. We just sit in this completeness because the rest of our life we're always running and hurrying. In attachment, balance is lost and they surely enter the wrong path. The more we clutch for things, the more we reach for things, the more we need things to we feel will make us complete the more incomplete we feel we become. We may feel good for a time, like, you know, that piece of chocolate cake, you know? Oh, if I just have that piece of chocolate cake, or whatever it is in life, marry that person, buy that car, get that job, finally, whatever it is, get my health back, whatever it is, we think, then I'll be happy, because we're attached to it. And you know what? It does work for a time. You eat the chocolate cake? Yeah, it feels good. About 45 seconds, I think, is for me. Then I have another bite. It's not as good as the first bite. Then I take another bite. The third bite, it's not as good as the first two. You know how it is. Once I had a serious illness, I got my health back. Oh, I was really happy. Of course, I thought I was going to die. Then the doctor said, you're not going to die. I was really happy for a long time. And I thought, now I got my health back. I'm never going to be, you know, like I was before again. Two weeks later, I was the same idiot as before. Oh, I, you know, I'm glad to be alive. Don't get me wrong. But I was the same guy. Uh, I got, uh, there's a saying in Chinese, you get married, you'll be happy three days. <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah. That's why when we sit Zazen, the only thing to be attached to, the only thing to want is to sit Zazen. It's complete. Just let things be in their own way, and the whole will neither go nor abide. This is a little tricky. I'm looking at the Chinese here. I, if you, I read Japanese, a little Chinese here. Uh, we got to some Chinese speakers, might second my uh, uh, interpretation here. But basically, if you let things be as they are, I take it to mean that there's nothing to run towards, nothing to run away from. Also, if life is good, we try to stay there. You don't need to do that either. 
For example, I got to some nice things here. I was looking around my house the other day. I said, oh, my daughter, what is, she's a cute age. She's 12. Like my house, like my friends. I want things to stay this way forever. That's also a problem. When I was sick, I wanted to run away from being sick. Now that I'm happy, I want to stay in being happy. When you let things be in their own way and just go as they go as they go, and that going is you, you don't need to stay. You don't need to run. If life goes here, you go there. If life doesn't go there, it doesn't go there. My daughter won't be 12 forever. I won't live in this house forever. I won't be alive forever. It's okay. It's okay. Neither clutch at the things you love and try to keep them, neither run so hard from the things that scare you, but let it be. Now, again, the Shin Shin Mei, this is the secret to Buddhism that people sometimes get uh, wrong. By the way, that podcast, I got another criticism there. They had a couple of uh, philosophers who were criticizing Buddhism. And they, uh, you get these guys, one guy, a couple of guys got it right, and one guy got it really wrong. What he said was, Buddhists try to be in the nothing. And what he meant again was, Buddhists try to be in this state of almost dead. You're barely alive. You're nothing, everything you take, everything away, and it's, it's zero. Okay? And that's what's wrong with Buddhism. But that guy had it wrong. Again, this state that we're describing here, where everything is just as it is, where you stop dividing the world into pieces, where you stop running from the things or trying to hold on tightly to the thing, this thing is a complete and beautiful whole state. It's not, it's the opposite of nothing and dead. It's kind of a, a life and permeates everywhere. At the end of the podcast, actually, there were some beautiful quotes. And uh, one of the fellows was the Rick and Morty cartoon. Do you know that? Rick and Morty. It, has a, it actually presents a very nihilistic view of life. It's funny. But the creator of it said, my point is actually the opposite. When you realize how incredible this dance is, every place in life is the center. Everything has meaning in its own. Everything is just as it is. So it's the opposite of a deadness. So, so we sit zazen and we practice and we find this wholeness. We find this everything allowing everything as it is. Okay? Now, again, I tell you another thing not to misunderstand. This is only the half view of what we find in life. This is very important and very misunderstood, even amongst most Buddhists, even amongst the most Zen people I encounter. It is very important you get this. And I've repeated it uh, basically every week for the last 15 years. So you're, many of you have heard it a thousand times. But listen. On this eye that we see the world, of course there are things we don't like and are scary. I had cancer. I wasn't happy. I was scared out of my mind. There are things in life we don't like. I don't like the war in Ukraine. 
I don't like to see the suffering in the world. I don't like to see there was an earthquake in, in Turkey. Terrible. Tragic. Makes me cry. Our practice is not to make that go away. Our practice is kind of to see through it and also see this other side at once. But we have this place where all the division, all the separation, even birth and death kind of disappear because it's so whole and complete. Waves on the ocean come and go, the ocean keeps going, it's complete. But still, life has its problems. Our practice is, you have these problems, but the human being thinks, oh, that's the only way to be. There's earthquake, there's uh, sickness, and things I'm afraid of, and winning and losing, and good and bad, okay? But the Indian philosophy is to tell you, there's also this other perspective where all the these separation kind of disappear. So some people make the mistake and think, oh, I gotta get to that place and stay there, and this world is fake, a dream, okay? And that's the meaning of Buddhism, or Hinduism, or other like philosophies. Got to get to this view where all the separation and all the badness disappears, and that's enlightenment. And the Zen master and others, traditions too, will say, no, 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 you don't get lost in the division and the goodness and the badness and the time, and you don't get lost in the perspectives that's timeless and complete, beyond all division. You realize that they're both the same thing from two perspectives, shall we say? And when you do that, you have problems, but no problems at the same time. When you do that, you see that people in Turkey have died, and it's tragic, but there's something beyond death, something beyond coming and going that's consistent, this wholeness. You see, for example, that there's going up in life, going down in life, but there's something that's just always complete. But the going up and the going down and the completeness both are. The no birth, no death, and this world of sickness and death are the same at the same time. Uh, if you don't like what I'm saying, I advise you, I don't know, become a Scientologist or do something else. Because this is, I'm telling you, this is just basic Buddhism 101, not just Jundo. This is what it, you know, this is this thing. Uh, and don't try to become a Hindu, because they'll tell you the same thing too. You gotta find. You gotta have to. I don't know. Become a Presbyterian or something. Sorry, Paul. So. <laughs> Do something. Anyway, let's continue here. Where was I? Accept your nature and accord with the way, and you will walk freely and undisturbed. Accept and just go with the flow. I would say translate this. Accept your nature, accept what is, and just go with the flow, we say in English, and you will walk freely. But when thought is in bondage, the truth is hidden, for everything feels murky and unclear. When your mind is confused, 
the life becomes confused. When your mind is simple and clear and tastes this wholeness, it's amazing. Same situation somehow becomes clear and whole. When I was sick in the hospital, I had this many times. My mind would start going, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get out of here. I'm never going to see my family again. Oh, who's going to feed the cat? I would worry about all these things. Oh, maybe the doctor's lying to me. All these things, right? Next moment. It is what it is. It's clear. It's fine. And it was. Same situation, same bed. Two seconds passed. One moment, confused. The next moment, clear, simple, easy. It's okay. I'll be here. If I never get out of this bed again, it's okay. I know that sounds weird, but that's what I felt. Next moment, I'm worried about the cat again. Next moment, I realize, oh, the cat is also the whole universe. It's okay. I'll never see my family again. Then I realize this wholeness, which nothing can ever be apart. Very strange. Same situation. Our practice is to realize that it's here between the ears where we're making this clarity or confusion. When thought is in bondage, the truth is hidden, for everything is murky and unclear. And unclarity brings annoyance or disturbance or bother or weariness. What's the use of making distinctions and separations? If you wish to enter the one vehicle, do not disdain the six senses. Now this kind of says two opposite things, and it's very important. Many practices in Eastern religions say anything you see with the eyes, all this world of division, anything you hear with the ears, we got to get past that. It's false, right? And we got to get to this wholeness, which is beyond the kind of, what should we say, the fake dream we're seeing with our eyes, hearing with our ears, uh, thinking with our thoughts. We got to get by the past the senses, past the thoughts, and then we find this this something, okay? But uh, Zen people tend to say, no, you see with the eyes, the eyes are not the problem. You hear, you feel with the body, even if you feel pain. But we have to realize it's not the problem. If you just know the simplicity and clarity of mind, there's nothing to run from. So the senses are not the problem. Making your mind confused is the problem. The six senses not being disdained, not being hated, is the same as true uh, uh, awakening. In other words, you don't shut your... We, that's one of the reason we keep our eyes open in Zazen. Some people think you meditate, you should close your eyes. Get away from this world. I got to find that truth inside. In the darkness, there's going to be something. Get to this world, close my eyes, close my ears. I don't want to hear anything. Then I'll find something. This world of noise and lies and things I'm seeing are a distraction. No, the Zen folks keep their eyes open. Why? We see... But if we don't judge and get tangled in thoughts, what we see somehow becomes the wholeness and is clear. 
The six senses not being disdained is the same as true awakening. The wise have nothing to do, but the foolish bind themselves. It is very strange, but the, the secret of Zazen is to kind of stop making complexity in the mind. To just settle, to realize, to allow. It's kind of to stop all the hard work and constant craziness we're making here and just let it settle. We get up in the morning, we start running, we start doing, we start judging, we start thinking, we start analyzing, we start doing our problems, we start doing our work, we start doing our equations. Busy, 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 busy. And in some sense, we, of course, this is important for life, for our job, for our work, for our family. We need to think, think, think. Human being is thinking be being. But the wise person knows how to put all that down. It's the opposite of doing something. Put down the constant analysis in the mind. Put down the constant judge judgments. Put down the constant chasing. And then all is what it is. Don't go the other way, where you think I have to be so completely silent and still and away from this world and then I'll find the truth. Just be in this world of complexity but know that it is also stillness, like that. When you see the earthquake in Turkey, we cry. But by this practice, we realize that's not everything. That's not the world of change and coming and going and love and loss and birth and death is also this other thing at the same moment. We have problems in life and they're not going away. I mean, they may, you've got to work on them. Maybe you'll fix your problem in life, whatever it is, right? But you can also realize that there's this other face where there never was anything lacking to start. And you don't need to get away from the problem to realize this wholeness. The problem and the wholeness, the, the trouble and the peace. I call it the peace of one piece. P-E-A-C-E, -E, that's one piece that is all the broken pieces of the world. And we realize all the broken pieces of the world are this one piece that is peace. <laughs> there is one Dharma, not many. There's, it's a kind of way to say maybe there's one truth, there's one thing, not many, but yet there is also the many. It is foolish to long for anything and to seek, seek mind with mind. Uh, I, I admit some of this I have to interpret. I, I, what I think they're saying. I, it's, I, I'm sorry, I can't pick up a phone call the guy from 1,300 years ago and go, what did you mean? He's gone. Okay. Can't, can't do that. Of course, this is also telling you, since we don't quite believe in birth and death, he didn't go anywhere either, but he's gone, so I can't call him. Okay? So what do I think? They all think, who am I? What is my life? When will life get good? What is this all about? Why, 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 why? Who's making these questions? 
Who's rating that your life is anything other than it should be or is? You. It's foolish to long for anything. If my life was this way, then it would be happy. If this would happen, then everything would be okay. Finally, if everybody in the world would agree with my opinion and just do what I say, it would be okay. No, then you end up like that guy, uh, Putin. Everybody is listening to what he said, and look how much trouble he got in. He's still not happy, right? You get those guys who actually do have all the things and people do what they want and say what they want and tell them, yes, 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 you're great. They're still not happy because they don't know how to rest and be complete. If you want to be complete and happy in your life, content, we sit Zazen and it's content and filled and complete. And it just is because you put down the questioning and the doubting and just sat in its completeness. I'm not saying all your problems are going to go away. I'm not going to think that you're going to be more beautiful than you are. I'm not going to tell you that you're going to be taller than you are, or I'm not going to tell you you're going to have money more money in the bank. Actually, none of that is, is what this is about. It's going to tell you that if you sit with the conviction and the honesty, honest belief, trust, trust in mind, that this is complete, it's complete. Put down the judging like that. That's our practice. To seek mind with mind is the greatest of mistakes. Rest and unrest derive from illusion. We keep going in life, but yet somehow in our heart we're resting and know there's no place to go at the same time. Even when life is the craziest, we know the certain stillness. We don't think, oh, someday my life I will retire at the age of 65 and then I'll be happy, my life will know peace, I can finally rest. Those minute those guys rest, they start got to do something. They can't rest. Or if they rest too much, their life falls apart, they lose meaning. Our practice is to know the movement and change in life while our heart is at rest. Rest is motion, is change. Stillness is motion and change. In enlightenment, there is no good and bad. All dualities come from false deliberation. They are like dreams of flowers in the sky. Why try to grasp them? Okay, now this is an interesting thing. We judge things as, again, good and bad, and dualities, separation, this, that, the other thing. And this says that they are all like dreams of flowers in the sky. In other words, fake dreams. Okay? The expression flowers in the sky means a mirage. Yeah? Uh, something that's not real. It actually comes, they think, from the, uh, when you get old, like me, you start to see, like, things floating in your eyes, you know? Those are flowers in the sky, flowers in space. Who's got that? Just me or a few of us? Yeah. So those are flowers in the sky. They're not there. Now, I'm going to finish with a little Master Dogen, because he had an unusual take about this. A little... Um, the, 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 this world is like a dream... But it's the dream that we're dreaming, it's the wholeness. The flowers of the sky, in the sky, are not fake. Don't think of them as fake. Don't think of it as real. They're this world in our life. And it's not separate from 
it's not something to run from. So let me read a little of um, Master Dogen's Kuge, Flowers in the Sky. Foolish people think that the obscured eye in the Tathagata statement, the Buddhist statement, what is seen by clouded eyes are flowers in the sky, means the confused eyes of sentient beings. They think that because their sick eyes are already conf confused, they think that flowers in the sky are seen as pure... Master Dogen can really write sometimes a very complicated way. I'm going to summarize this in a second. And think that the Tathagasa said that original emptiness, there are no flowers. Okay, people think that all this world of things we see, these illusions, these dreams, these uh, ideas we have, uh, the Buddha, people think the Buddha is saying that it's all fake and we got to get past that. Okay, that's what people think. After seeing the flowers in the sky, people also think that the flowers should disappear and then you're enlightened. The, the mirage should disappear and then you're enlightened. But to think that the flowers in the sky stop existing once they disappear is a view of the lesser vehicle. It's a narrow interpretation. To think that once you get enlightened, all the dream disappears is not the way to think of this. It vanishes and does not vanish at once. The problems in your life are there, yet not there. The events of this world, life and death, coming and going, comedy and tragedy are there and not there. It's not that it disappears, but don't believe it's real either. It's like a show you're watching and you realize it's kind of a show, but you enjoy the show too. I see a movie. I go to Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I know it's just a movie. Oh my gosh, Darth Vader. No, but I know there's no Darth Vader. Darth Vader is like the problem in my life. Darth Vader, pardon me for saying this, is the earthquake, is the cancer, is the trouble. The evil one. Okay? scary and yet I know it's not completely the whole story it's just a movie but yet enjoy the movie there it is oh Darth Vader <laughs> this is the problems in our life we know them they are there yet they're not yet they are this is what Dogen and many of the other shall we say mystics and Buddhists and other philosophers are preaching here Nirvana and living and dying are just flowers in the sky. Even Nirvana, if you think it means the state of supreme enlightenment, you think it's separate from living and dying, you're mistaken. The idea of living and dying is kind of a dream, but Nirvana is also a kind of dream. And you, when you realize that living and dying and Nirvana are just two faces of this, this one thing that has no face, that's real Nirvana. This nirvana and living and dying are this reality and are at the same time just flowers in the sky. The roots and stalks, twigs and leaves, flowers and fruit, the brightness and colors of flowers in space, this whole world of complexity and colors and things are each the blooming of life, the flowers in the sky. 
It's all the show, the beautiful show, the garden. It's all not just something to reject. It's something to see, see through and then appreciate and live. When this teaching is realized, flowers are beyond birth, beyond death. Flowers are beyond flowers. The sky is beyond the sky. Do not be confused about the before and after of flowers. Don't think that I got to get past the flowers and then I'll find the truth. Don't even think about the, the enlightenment is the clear sky and the flowers are just this mirage that's appearing in the clear sky. Forget about the sky. Forget about the flowers. Do not get into this and just sit zazen. Do not get caught in theoretical discussions of whether these things are what they are. Just sit and feel, bottom line, the wholeness and division and life and death, good and bad of this world. And this, that is the wholeness beyond good and bad and life and death and this and that. We're never, not two, not two. We say not one, not two. All right. That's all I got. Any uh, questions or if I once again just left you stunned and speechless and waiting to get out of here? Any questions? Anything? Thank you for joining us for the Treeleaf Zendo podcast. Treeleaf is an online practice place for people who cannot easily attend a Zen center due to health, location, work, childcare, or family needs. We provide netcast Zazen, retreats, discussion, jukai, the support of fellow practitioners, interaction with a teacher, and all other activities of a Zen Buddhist Sangha, all fully online, accessible anytime, anywhere, without charge. Come build the future of online Zen community and practice.